I just want to talk to you, um, just continuing just a theme that's been here this morning. So I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 16. It says, from that time Jesus began, this is verse 21, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed and raised on the third day. So this was the first time that Jesus had uh, so plainly talked to his disciples about his death, and, and they just simply were not prepared to hear it. Um, they had come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, but their expectations was that the Messiah would uh, deliver Israel from Roman oppression and restore the kingdom to Israel. So they were blind to the scriptures that depicted the Messiah as the suffering servant. They had not contemplated what John the Baptist had meant, and they had all heard it when he declared, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So in verse 22, Peter took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now Peter, out of his natural love and affection for Jesus, could not let Jesus' words go unchallenged. To Peter, the thought that Jesus suffering and, uh, of Jesus' suffering and dying was just wrong. It was just wrong. At so many levels, it was just wrong. In fact, the thought was offensive to everything he loved about Christ and hoped for Israel. It was just wrong. We need, we need to pause for a moment and think. Peter's natural affection for Jesus is the same natural affection we have for our spouse, for our children, for our grandchildren. The same affection, natural affection we have for our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues. I want you to consider your hopes and dreams, longings and desires for them. Same natural affection. Peter loved Jesus. Okay? This was, this was good. In, in, in any sense of the word, you would, you would say this is good. Okay? He had the courage to rebuke Jesus. What other disciple did that? He had the courage to rebuke Je Jesus. This is wrong. You're, you're wrong thinking in your head, buddy. We love all your teachings, but right now it's wrong thinking in your head. Okay? This is just wrong. So there's nothing sinful about these affections. Okay? But they come from the soul. They come from the soul. Okay. Do we need to put Ron okay, and Joanne and Elise up here again? They come from the soul, not from the spirit. And so quickly, okay, they can stir up a warfare that pits our soul against our spirit. Our human love and loyalty against our devotion to Jesus. 
Listen to this from Matthew 10, 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Okay? Okay? It's a conflict in this area of the soul, a conflict in this area of natural affections. These, these areas of natural affection will be battle lines where human reasoning and logic and love and loyalty will be at war against your love and devotion and your trust and obedience to Jesus Christ. We're going to need a lot more times in our personal private life and in our community life together as a church to fall in love with Jesus, to allow his presence to so saturate and soften our heart in intimacy towards him. Because we can't, we can't do this. Okay? He must create within us a burdening passion and a love for him that supersedes our natural affections. Okay? This isn't talking about, okay? okay? This isn't, okay? He teaches a husband to love his wife and a, okay, and a wife to support, okay, her husband. Okay? So he's, he's not talking about that. He's talking about at this soul, this natural affection level, that your love and devotion for Jesus has to so supersede okay, your natural affection okay, that when okay, they come into conflict with one another, there's no question who wins. There's no question of whose you are. And Jesus goes on in, that in, in Matthew 10 to say, He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life or his soul, that's actually what the word is there, he who finds his soul will lose it. But he who loses his soul for my sake will find it. And we need to consider that phrase, not worthy of me. See, a young man who doesn't treat his fiancée with love and respect demonstrates that he's actually unable to value and cherish her. He's not worthy to become her husband. Okay? A leader who does not serve with integrity and faithfulness is not worthy of the people's trust and support. And a follower of Christ who does not seek to live in a way that brings glory and honor to the one who died for him okay, is not worthy of him. He doesn't understand the value of the relationship he's been brought into and the worth of the one who has poured out his life for them. Okay? Songwriter wrote, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. 
this. Okay. Hebrews eleven thirty-five to 38. Listen to it in light of what I'm saying. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. So now back to Matthew chapter 16. No sooner had Peter challenged the idea of Jesus' suffering and death than Jesus rebuked him. Okay? He turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Okay? I was just loving you with I was just loving on you. I was just I was just concerned for you. Okay? Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense or a stumbling block to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. How offensive. Jesus is drawing a parallel between natural affection and satanic agenda. He's putting them in the same category. To grasp what Jesus is saying, we need to under, understand the word Satan. It's not, it's not his name. It's, it's his role. It means adversary. He is the adversary of everything that is good, everything that is God. Okay. So Peter had rebuked Jesus out of the realm of the soul, out of human affections, out of an earthly perspective. Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right of hand of God. Now set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life, your real life, your reality, your identity, your destiny is hidden with Christ in God. You see, the human affections that... Peter was expressing to Jesus, were calling Jesus to pity himself. Your salvation was hanging in the balance in that moment. The salvation of the whole world was hanging in the balance in that moment. Okay? And the battle lines was human affection against the will of God. Such pity was hostile and adversarial to the calling of God on Christ's life, the assignment in which he came into the world to fulfill. John 12, 23, Jesus said, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. Okay? We're going to talk about this more okay, as, as we move on in conforming to his death. That's where we are. Okay? But unless a, 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 a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, has no pity for its own self, surrenders to the process of death, it abides alone. Okay? It's only when it dies that it bears forth fruit. Okay? He who loves his life will lose it, his soul. Okay? He who hates his soul in this world, will keep it, will preserve it for eternal life. Okay? And that's, not, that's, that's just not, okay, heaven after you die. Okay? That means you're keeping it for his life to flow through. It's holy, separated unto him. This is the saving of the soul. Okay? It's separated unto him. Okay? If anyone serves him, let serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And now my soul is troubled. My soul is troubled because my body is feeling the reality of where I'm taking it. And my soul is troubled. But what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to pity my body? Am I supposed to pray out of a soul prayer? Father, okay, deliver me from this. No, for this cause came I into the world. Father, glorify yourself. Okay, do you see the battle line? Do you see the battle line that won your salvation? In the Garden of Eden, Jesus would pray alone while his disciples, so emotionally exhausted from all that had been happening, were fast asleep. And there, Jesus would face the battle of the ages between the affections of his human soul and the destiny of mankind he carried in his spirit. And there, his body would sweat blood as Jesus denied himself bringing his soul into absolute alignment with the will of God, which meant his body would now be taken by the will of God under the guidance of the Spirit to endure inconceivable suffering and death. The cry of human affection that Peter was expressing to him was a trap. 
You are an offense to me. You are a stumbling block to me. And Jesus could not afford to fall into it. Most often, it's not the areas of blatant sin that create the greatest opposition to Christ in our lives. It's the subtle power of human affection. More often than we dare to admit, we are constrained in our obedience to Christ by our natural affections. Okay? Now I have more, but okay. I just sense the Spirit saying, stop right there. More often than we dare to admit, we are constrained in our obedience to Christ by our natural affections, okay? Our soul. Our soul. And this is what I hear the Spirit highlighting for me when he says stop right now. Okay? Okay. We are constricted. We become very small people if we stay in the safety of where our soul will allow us to go. If we stay catering to our soul, we will stay in a very small place. And God has said, I am bringing you, Flamborough Christian Fellowship, through a birthing process through which I am going to move you out of your comfort zone into a spacious place. And I'm thinking to myself, you might be thinking, what are you thinking when you're thinking spacious place? And I hear him say, I am calling you to come out of the constriction of your natural affections and your preferences, okay? Your, your demand for comfort, your, your demand for no risk, okay? I've given you a mini course by putting in front of you a problem that was over your head. But for me to bring you into a large place, it means I can no longer stay in the restrictions. Okay? You have placed me within. Okay? All of the fullness of Christ dwells in you. Okay? But the complaints of your body and the restraints of your soul are not allowing the fullness to be released. And he is not going to allow us to stay there. 
Okay? Now, if you think for a moment, because I'm going to bring this thing in and we're going to be walking our way through it. Okay, I want you to know, I've told you this before. I'm not preaching you from this high pedestal that says, I've arrived. Okay? In fact, I've already made my complaints before God okay, regarding the message that I'm bringing. But he said, I need someone to be the messenger. So I'm speaking the message, but we're all going to have to walk through this. Okay? We're all going to walk through this. Wow. 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 But you don't have what it takes. And so we're going to come to a place where we're going to look. We're going to actually stop. Okay? And instead of minimizing what it is that he's saying to us here and trying to bring it to a level that okay, we can manage, we're going to realize that this call is so far beyond us and the cost the cost is so enormous that we can't. And now we're going to know why we need to be in his presence. Now we're going to know why we're going to need to be soaking in his word. Now we're going to need to know why this whole process of a renewing in our mind needs to take place. It's going to blast us right out of any religious, okay? Any, any religious involvement in, in, in this thing, okay, patterns within us. No, we need, we need him. We need his presence. We need his fire. We need his passion. Because where we're being called to go is so far beyond us okay, that we don't have what it takes. And when we understand, okay, that not only did he pour out his life on the cross, but he was perfecting a life that would now be poured into us because he is more than enough. And so we're going to need to learn to depend on that life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Hallelujah. How do we respond to that? How do we respond to that? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. I sir both of those are, are right there. Okay? I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee. My blessed Savior, I surrender all. Okay? And then, <laughs> as though I could actually give you that full surrender, <laughs> Lord, do it in me. Lord, do it in us. Do it in us. Do it in us. Okay, even beyond use us 
Okay, even beyond that, okay, we need this co-mingling of your life with ours, your spirit in ours, that you actually do it in us. Hallelujah. And Lord, that's it. That's it. I'm done. Okay? I could do, you know, altar call and all. I just don't feel to do that. Okay, would you just love one another? On your way out, put your offerings in the offering plate. Okay, I see the ushers. Okay, Lord, we thank you because you're going to bring increase to this house beyond our wildest imaginations. And I love you so much because that's who you are. Hallelujah. But would you just uh, maybe love one another? Maybe there's somebody you're, you're just supposed to go hug, pray, give a word to. Okay, do something. Okay, do something. Okay, you know. Maybe talk to somebody you're uncomfortable with because you just went, ha, that's my soul that's in my way. Let me let my spirit go over and bless them in the name of Jesus. Okay? God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen.